1: Get IXL now and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program
2: out there at the best price. The more you cook, the better you get at it. It's like anything else. So I would cook for people and they would say, you should have a cookbook. And I'm like, I'm never gonna have a cookbook. I'm a singer.
0: Welcome to the For the Love podcast with me, Jen Hatmaker. Today, we're welcoming back country music superstar and fabulous cook, Martina McBride. Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the series. We're in the middle of a series called For the Love of Food, and I wish it would never end. Every single time I finish an episode, I'm like, well, I wish I'd gone longer. I wish we had more time. I wish I could have another hour. I'm just so enjoying this conversation. It just feels like nurturing, nourishing. It feels just wonderful to talk about kitchen and tables and cooking and garlic and this sort of center point that all of us are wrapping our families around right now. And so today is just, so wonderful because I am welcoming back to the show I guess one of my favorite people (laughs) I mean it's Martina McBride (laughs) everybody get excited she's you know precious to so many of us and has been for a long time. And her work has meant so much to me. Her music has meant so much to me. And now her food means so much to me. She has made this really interesting, not a transition, but she has added to her repertoire cooking and food and cookbooks and cooking shows and videos. And I'm like, as if I didn't love her enough. Now I know that we share food. And so Just in case you've just been living under a rock, Martina McBride is literally in a league of her own. She's an internationally acclaimed country music singer and producer. She's been nominated for 14 Grammys. Her music career is one of those kind of rare, air, unprecedented careers. And now she's also written two cookbooks. She has started her own Food Network show. She launched her own nonprofit called Team Music is Love. And then she's also a mom. She's got three girls. She's a wife. She is a self-described party thrower, which we're going to talk about. And I love that. So for me, it's inspiring to watch her put her hand to new projects, like completely new genres. Embrace these whole new ideas over the years and still managed to gather like around her family. I to me I find her a real mentor and a colleague in hey, let's try something new. Cause here I'm also writing a cookbook and I've never done that. This is a completely new lane. And so I loved talking to her about stepping into that space and what she has learned and what she loved. We go all the way, man. We talk all about food. We talk all about recipes. We talk all about kitchen stuff. We talk all about cookbook writing, and then we get into music. And I'm like, I tell her toward the end of this, what me and my girlfriends are hoping she will write. We have a verse of a song that we are hoping she will write. So you can stay tuned for the end for that. And we laughed and laughed. So she's delightful. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's interesting. So welcome back to the show, the one and only Martina McBride. Just absolutely delighted to have Martina McBride back on the show.
2: Hi. Hi. It's so great to be back.
0: (laughs) I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. Lucky me. Things have changed a lot since you were on the show a couple of years ago. What's this last year look like for you? What are you doing? What have you been doing? Who's around you? How did you manage really what has now been a calendar year of pandemic?
2: Well, we have been, you know, really isolated. I have been really isolated. I really... (laughs) I'm basically... I don't know. Like, I don't go anywhere, you know, and haven't for the whole year. And, you know, at first it was so great because all the girls were here. Everybody came home and we were just kind of nested. And it was like, it was like Christmas vacation or something. It was like, you can eat whatever you want. You can, you know, have a cocktail at like two in the afternoon. Like, totally. there's no rules. Everybody's playing games. We're doing puzzles. We're going for walks. We're like, all kind of like enjoying it, for lack of a better word. And then, you know, now it's... <laughs> The shine is worn off. But honestly, in so many ways, I'm such a homebody anyway, that it wasn't a huge change for me like when I'm off the road. Of course, I miss touring and being with my road family. That was the biggest change for me. But you know, I I got to, I, I planted a garden, which I always plant a garden, but I'm never like home to really, you know, I only take care of it like a couple days a week. This, I mean, I was, it was my therapy. Cooking and the garden were my, really what got me through because you know, I'd go out there every morning and just be and work on the plants and get my hands in the dirt. I'm a farmer's daughter anyway, so like it was just my thing. And then I would go out in the evening, and I don't know, it was just like the highlight of my day. And then cooking, you know, planning the meals and trying to use what I have and not go have to go to the grocery store. I don't know, it was just like it was my focus, really. It was some, something I could take care of, and also, so this year I've for the first time I've started from seeds. So I just planted, I I set up a little station in my basement and I'm I'm growing like from seed. So to me, that was fascinating because last year I got the plants already done and put them in the ground. But like I'm planting lettuce yesterday and I'm like, these are so tiny. Like how does this tiny, tiny little thing grow into a salad, (laughs) you know? Totally. And totally, totally. And my approach is this is never going to work. There's just <laughs> no way this
0: seed is going to give me a, a head of lettuce. It just won't. And then when those things pop up, it's just, but it's so lovely. And I'm happy that you brought up cooking. Cause that's what we're talking about today. We're in a food series and you're such a fun food girl. Cooking has really taken center stage for a ton of us this year for love or for, for not for you and I it's for love. And having some dedicated time in the kitchen, because where else are we going to be? This is where we are now. So I want to talk about food with you today. I love how you have parlayed a lot of your work, parts of your career into food spaces. This is exciting. We're going to get to that. But you and I are both Kansas girls. I grew up in Wichita. So I want to talk about you as a girl who ate. Did you grow up in a food house? Like, was your mom a good cook? Did you learn from her? Were your grandma's aunts? Because I'm going to say this just as nicely as possible, with much love to my roots. I didn't grow up in a great food culture in Kansas. It's not that it wasn't possible, but I didn't grow up in it. And so, what was your like? What kind of eater were you as a kid? Yeah, did you learn about? Food? Well,
2: you know, it's in- so interesting that you say that because my mom cooked. She cooked. Every supper, we had supper together at the table every night. My grandma cooked. I was intrigued by it. And I remember I I was in 4-H and I took cooking and I was like, but I never really did a lot of cooking in my house. So we were like the hamburger helper, sure, wonder bread, instant iced tea, instant coffee, like very, very convenient. And like, you know, you'd think growing up on a farm, we'd have, we would have had a big garden and had all these fresh vegetables new. <laughs> we had, you know, Del Monte green beans and corn. and Totally. I mean, everything was such, so, so, I think just for convenience and a lot of casseroles. So, you know, it took me a while. The way I eat now is totally different from that.
0: Also same. we had cream in virtually. Oh ovens. yeah,
2: of course. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I just can't think of when we didn't have chops smothered with cream and mushroom soup. Sure. Chicken smothered with cream and mushroom (laughs) soup. Yeah. So
0: when for you, did you start developing a passion for cooking in a different way for food in a different way? Because also you were, well, you packed your young adulthood with life on the road. I mean, I can't even imagine you were in a kitchen much. How, how did this even develop for you as like a little
2: side love? Yeah, It's probably around 2000, maybe 2005 or something. I just, I don't know if I took some time off the road or what happened exactly where the shift was, but I've always loved to cook. You know, we always have had family dinner and things like that. But really when it started to become a passion was honestly when I started doing it more and learning more about it and experimenting and just spending, you know, the, the more you cook, the better you get at it. So it's like anything else. So, you know, I would I would cook for people and they would say, you should have a cookbook. And I'm like, I'm never gonna have a cookbook. I'm a singer. Like, that's never gonna happen. And I sort of self-published a little cookbook to give to my friends and family. And... Lo and behold, I got the opportunity to do a cookbook. And it just kind of took off from there. I mean, honestly, when I did the first cookbook, I've learned so much since then. And you can see from the second cookbook, like, how it's evolved into, like, I never, I, I'm sure you can identify this. No fresh fish growing up. No. My gosh. We had fish sticks. (laughs) <laughs> sure, Mrs. Paul's fish fillets. It's like, we never had any freshness. So I grew up not eating it and we really was scared of it. Like kind of grossed out by it and also not did not know how to cook it. So really, I've just started cooking fish like salmon and halibut and shrimp and fish in, in the last probably five years, honestly, and feeling comfortable with that. So I think around then was the time when I... And I don't know what the catalyst was. I think it was just maybe... I had extra time all of a sudden. I think I took about six or eight months off the road to make a record. And that's when I I kind of got into it.
0: It's interesting to notice that a lot of people who are creative in other ways find a lot of joy in the kitchen. It's still creation. It's still creating. It's still innovative and creative. I found cooking such a great outlet. I want to hear a little bit more about, I want to know about your experience with your first cookbook because that's a whole genre. How did you find the writing process? Because it's one thing to cook, it's another thing to write a cookbook.
2: Well, it's time consuming and it's a lot more work than I thought it was gonna be. You're a writer, so you know this. I didn't know this and I had to dedicate time every day. But it was fun for me, like this thing at the top of the recipe, the header, whatever you call it, and all of the intro and stuff. They just kept asking for more detail, more detail, more detail. So that was like I had to sort of dig for that as far as like anecdotes and stories from when I was growing up and things like that. But I love the process of it, but it was a, it's a learning curve for me, especially not being a writer. It was a learning curve. And, and I've worked with two different book companies now, and I found that each one likes to write a recipe their specific way, right? And now I look back, and I love my cookbooks, but I look back and I'm like, you know, I think it's most important to have an editor that, that lets you sound like you.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh-huh. 100% true. Are you going to write another one? Yes. Uh I want to, you're writing another one, right? I can tell by your response. That was like a, I can't tell you, but yes, I'm in the middle (laughs) of it. What will you do differently on the next one? Like, I'm curious what you've learned. Like, this is where I'll put more focus, this less or none. This is what I'd like to be different. I'm already critiquing the cookbook. I haven't even turned it. I'm already figuring out what to do better the second time around. Yeah.
2: I think for me, to be honest with you, I'm still trying to figure out like, you know, everybody wants sort of an angle. Like, what is this cookbook about? And that's like, I just want to share some great recipes. Like, why does it have to be about something? But anyway, it's about food and eating. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think I'll probably have some healthier, uh, maybe a focus more on a healthier or vegetarian, a little few more vegetarian recipes. But, you know, also, I just thought about what if I just do a book about everything that I've cooked during this time? Oh, Right, because, I mean, (laughs) the other day I was like, I think I've cooked like 375 meals in a row. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. I'm cooking now more than, like, we all are, more than anybody ever, more than I ever have is what I should say. So it's like, I've really tried, you know, tried a lot of new things and I don't know, I'm still trying to figure
0: it out. Uh Uh-huh, I know. You know, you set out and you think, gosh, a cookbook is going to have whatever 80, hundred recipes. How many do you put in yours?
2: Yeah. Over a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's a lot. And you're like, well, that's everything I know. I don't <laughs> know any more than that. That's every, that's everything I can, po-. but it is it. Yeah. Like I have such a coal list of recipes that didn't make it in. I see how, oh, you could probably just do this endlessly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And that's, what's fun about it.
0: It is so fun. Yeah. It's so creative and yeah, I find it a wonderful outlet. So I want to I want to talk to you about what you love to cook. Maybe right now, maybe in the past, can you talk about where your girls are right now and I know the table you mentioned brings you all together. You post really cute things. It's I love what you post in your kitchen with your family. What do they love? What's what are a couple family favorites that you're like, I nail this every time. Everybody loves it. Everybody's happy. Like this is a Martina staple.
2: One of the things probably is like I make a pot roast with mashed potatoes and gravy and carrots and my mom that was sort of her signature dish. And she always she taught me how to make it. And so I feel connected to her when I make it. And I also feel it's super comforting for me. It's like my comfort food meal. And I think for my family too, you know, I've always been one of these people too that kind of has certain things that I save for special occasions. Because I feel like they, you create very specific food memories around those recipes. And if you do them too often, they're kind of like, ugh, pot roast again, you know? So pot roast is what we have on Christmas day. We have pot roast when the kids has something to celebrate or they come home or we just need it. That's probably the one that I just feel like I've got this. I got this. I've been doing it forever.
0: Yeah. I grew up on that. That's what we had every Sunday. So mom would put it in, in the morning. We'd go to church and then we come home and we didn't get to go out to eat a lot. We didn't have a lot of money and we had a big family. And so we virtually only ate at yeah, home. Uh, That's It was a rare treat. And so I have this like muscle memory for walking in the house to the pot roast smell. You can't be beat. It's so nostalgic. Oh, it's the best. I'm so happy that we're teaching our kids to love pot roast. Cause that feels like an, our generation thing to have loved. That's hugely important. Well, what was one of your favorite recipes in your most recent cookbook? I have them both and they're just so great. They're so beautifully photographed. Just incredible. You did just a Thank beautiful you. job on both of them. What do you get a lot of feedback on? What's one of the ones that you're hearing from cooks going, well, this was a home
2: run. Yeah. Well, let me think about that for a second. I have a couple of recipes that have different kinds of like marinara sauce, which to me is like also very comforting to make. It's like, and anybody can do it. If you have a little bit of onion, garlic, some tomatoes, olive oil, a little basil, if you want, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I make this, I, I love this recipe, which I actually took from a Julia child recipe. You take eggplant, which I love, and I don't eat it very often, but I love it when I do. And and you you know salt it, let all the moisture come out. And then you roast it in the oven for a little bit. Season it with some... Or you brush with olive oil, Italian seasoning, roast it in the oven. And then you make this amazing marinara sauce and to put on top with some cheese and basil. And it's like little pizzas, but they're eggplant. You know, I love that. That's one of my favorite recipes. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I'll tell you a little secret. I cook out of that book all the time. And I'm like... I do try new recipes, but that's just, I mean, that book is my go-to because it it's like it is the recipes that I've have had cooked for my friends and family and just love. And so I go to it all the time.
0: Totally. Like maybe by the time you and I hit Cookbook four, five, six, and on, whatever, we're really stretching ourselves <laughs> yeah. into new recipes. But at this point, This is my roll call of the best. It's your catalog. This is my catalog. (laughs) This is what we actually eat. This is what I've made a million times, which is why I'm struggling with measurements. I'm like, well, you just make it. You just make it and everybody loves it. That's how. But yeah, I actually love the staples. I, I like to reach for new things too. I love that you're trying fish. Are you doing a lot of your fish where you're searing the skin?
2: Okay, so here's the thing. I have done that with salmon. But I don't know. Now I'm in a kick where I take I I take the skin off because I kind of feel like that's what makes it taste fishy. That makes sense. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Sometimes it does. I don't like
0: all fish like that. I went to this week long cooking class in Chicago. It was like forty hours of culinary instruction. Oh, awesome! I called it food camp. So I went to food camp, and that was the first time that they were like, "If you're not searing." Cause I've made salmon for years. We love salmon, but I always took the skin off cause ew.
2: Mm-hmm. I know, right? They're like
0: Ew. No, gross. I'm not going to eat that. They're like, if you're not searing this in the super hot pan and eating it, you're doing it wrong. And that's when I learned about that. This was just a few years ago. So me too. I'm kind of new to the skin thing. And but my kids are still like, can I peel this off? <laughs> okay. I want to talk about your girls too, because I know that they've probably helped shape, in some ways, the way that you eat, the way that you prepare food, what they care about. You know, this—I've got young adults too, and they have all kinds of opinions. We raise them that way, and then turns out they get their own mind. (laughs) What have we done? What did we do? (laughs) We created monsters. So, what's something that they taught you in the kitchen, or brought into your repertoire, or? kind of challenged you to consider or reconsider or even try. Well
2: I'll tell you what my my oldest daughter's 25, is 26 now. She's her name's Delaney. She's a foodie and she's a cook. She has a little she has a business called Hand to Heart Wellness where she, you know, cooks food for people and delivers it. And she cooks super healthy. So like, but she does things like makes milk out of nuts and, oh, and sure. cheese yep. out of nutritional yeast and all that. And I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's kind yes. of like taught me a lot about that, that style of cooking because I had no idea the, the whole vegan style of cooking and all that. And she really, even if, even if she has a client that's not vegan, she's still, that's still her go-to, you know, that's just the way she taught herself or learned how to cook. And I think it's fascinating. And I'd like to include some of that in the new book too. Like, cause I think that so many people are really going that way. That's right. That's true. Even
0: we are, we're working on rotating in more Meatless and vegan really is an answer to climate change, right. and all the absurd things. But that is a trend for sure. What I've learned on some of that cooking is you don't necessarily have to sacrifice flavor. Now, some people do. Some people's vegan stuff is like, well, yeah. But do you know what Whole 30 is? Yeah. Okay. I did Whole 30 a couple of years ago, which forced me into like learning about the nutritional yeast and all the things you're saying. It's like a new, a whole new language. And I remember coming across a recipe called like chicken Alfredo. So it was not Alfredo and it was not even pasta. It was zucchini noodles, but whatever. The, the sauce was made out of cashews. So I'm sure you've done this at this point. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've heard <laughs> in my life. This is, it's a bridge too far. I'm not passing off Alfredo with some weird cashew sauce, but I was desperate. Cause I just wanted something to taste good. And so I made this cashew sauce. It's just in a blender. So I'm cooked the most delicious thing. I cannot even, I was so angry. Like, are you kidding me with this?
2: <laughs> the vegans where's the cream? Where's it. the butter? Yeah.
0: Zero. And it, I put it in the cookbook. I'm like, well, you know what? They got me. They got me. I admit it. That's awesome.
2: I admit it. Yeah. I'm, I've tasted some of her food and I'm like, this is amazing. It still is so such a shift for me. Like I still can't get on the bandwagon because it's so it's still so new to me but it's super healthy super healthy
0: great alternative and at this point I think the cooks and the recipe developers have so progressed in all that development that everything tastes really good they've gone through all the iterations of like the low level that and found the best possible version of all of that so one thing about you that I love is that you are a self-described like party thrower this is what you do. I can see this about you. I can like envision you really digging in, like throwing a soiree for your friends and your family, the <laughs> like whole deal. So I'd love to hear you talk about entertaining. And then I'd also like to hear you talk about what this has looked like for you just this last year with everything being weird. Have you still managed to work this sort of into the pandemic?
2: Well, first of all, about entertaining, I love to entertain. My favorite part is the creative part is planning it all. You know, planning what I'm gonna serve, what the what the mood is gonna feel like when people walk in, how is each room gonna look, what's the ambiance gonna be—that's my jam. And I've done parties here for a hundred people, and I've done you know brunches for four. So it's like I love all of the different ways of doing things. But and going back to what you said, I love creating a space. Like a, to me, it's so special to go to someone's home to a party. It's like a little hug, you know, it's like and it's exotic. It's exciting. It's like I'm not going to go to the same old restaurant. I'm going to go get to go to someone's house and the pandemic. So yeah, all that's pretty much been put on hold. I I walked through my house the other day and I was like, I can't wait till this place is filled with candles and people again. You know? Oh I so know. But I have had little socially distanced outside brunches. I've had a couple of those with a couple girlfriends, little hangs on the back porch when the weather's nice. So I found a way to make it happen. I just, just not in the, but it still is fun. Even when I have a couple of people over for the back porch, it's like, I still get to light candles and, you know, create a, which glasses am I going to use? You know, what little snacks am I going to make? I love it.
0: I love that. That's so fun. It's so fun to create a little experience for people that, you know, when they walk in, they're going to be like, well, this is delightful. This, I feel delighted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't really matter what it is. Somebody put a lot of energy into this of thought. I love it when I walk into a house like that, for sure. I cannot wait to just to throw the doors back open and have the tables full yet again. I'm thinking about one thing you and I have in common is we kind of are self-taught and we learned to cook and love to cook as grown ups. That was an adult thing for me too. When I just finally got tired of being resentful that I had to cook for my kids all the time. I'm like, well, as far as I can tell, they have to eat every day. So I might need to find a work around here. So, how did you learn first of all? Like was it cookbooks? Did you watch food shows which you now have? It's isn't that just the craziest thing in the whole world.
2: Oh, I know, I know. It was a lot of cookbooks. I was really influenced I think a little bit by my mother-in-law. She she when I married John, you know, I grew up in the country with like the food experience that I described. We never had appetizers. We never had a cocktail hour. We never had anything refined like that. So they lived in Wichita. He grew up in Wichita as well. And when we got married, I would go over to her house and she was a great, amazing cook and a great entertainer. So I would walk in and she'd have a little tray of hors d'oeuvres before dinner. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I'm like, what is happening right now? They'd have wine with dinner. I was like, this is very sophisticated. It feels very nice. And so then I sort of just started, I think that's really honestly where I kind of picked up my it peaked my interest. And I was like, oh, this is a whole different way of being. Like this is so fun and so special. And then I just, yeah, a lot of cookbooks. She gave me some cookbooks for my for our wedding. And I would just go through and and you know, I'd just, I'd skip all the things I didn't know how to do. <laughs> I'd skip those. Anything that took a, for the longest time, I thought a Dutch oven was like so intimidating. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And so I was like, I don't know if I have one of those, what the hell is a Dutch oven? I'm not, I, I'm just going to skip this recipe. It's just a big pot. Now I know. It turns out,
0: uh, yeah. That's what I did too. I would read cookbooks like a uh, novel, dog ear things. I didn't know how to cut garlic. I didn't know that that was a thing that you could do as a human person, like cut your own
2: garlic. I had to learn how to do all of that stuff. But I will say like, even like the cooking shows, I, I love cooking shows and I still learn, I learn so much, you know, because I'm a home cook. I didn't, haven't gone to a culinary school and I really half the time, there's so much I don't know that I could still have to learn, but I feel like I'm, you know, for people that read my cookbooks or whatever, I try to make it really Accessible and approachable and not boring, but also not too challenging. Or I w- always am like, I ha- the ingredients have to be easy to find, you know, in the middle of Kansas. What would you say to the
0: listener, though, who is at the beginning of the thing? They were maybe where you and I were going, well, green beans come out of a can. If you were to say, these are maybe the two or three kitchen tools that I love the most that might be helpful kind of at the beginning of a cooking journey and maybe one or two recipes start here. Start this is manageable, this is doable. This is a great place to start while you kind of start flexing your chops a little.
2: I think, you know, this is so simple but good knives. You have to have a really good chef's knife especially and a paring knife and I think a whisk. I love a good whisk. Same. I love wooden spoons. I do too. I think the right cook, you know, decent cookware makes a difference. But really and as far as recipes go, I always tell my girls, because I've, I've got one that's great cook, one that has no interest in cooking except for about three months ago, and now she's all into it. And then I've got my 15-year-old who is magical. Like she doesn't, she, she likes cooking and she doesn't cook very much, but that girl has a touch. Like, oh, like she makes the best special. scrambled eggs I've ever tasted. She makes the best grilled cheese. Like anything, baking, anything that she does, it's just like, what do you, what'd you do to that? She's like- Nothing. I just made it. But you know how some people just Um, have that, right? uh So I always tell them, like, if you can make a good pasta sauce, like you make a good tomato, red sauce, and you have like a a box of pasta and a good red sauce, you're going to be able to feed yourself and others.
0: Yes. Good one. Good staple.
2: Just really knowing how to make a great burger. That's something everybody can, you know, learn. That's so easy. And, And a good soup. Like a couple of good soups, you know, I think that that's just, those are probably good basic scrambled eggs. I said that, but like scrambled eggs, you need to know how to make.
0: Yes. Yes. This is such a good starter list. These are pillars in my kitchen. What are a couple of your favorite soups?
2: I'm a big soup fan. Oh, me too. I have a broccoli soup in the book that I love. It's really super healthy. It's got spinach, broccoli, celery. It's very green. It's super green. And I'm a sucker for a cream soup. I am too. Like I have a tortilla soup in the book, but it's a creamy tortilla soup. It's like you can make it without the cream, but why? Uh Yeah. (laughs) Why would you? Why?
0: Why would you? I've never not put cream in the soup. I think I was looking through my list of soups and I'm like, every one of these requires heavy cream or half and half. I might need to rotate in a chicken tortilla or something here. That's just how I like it. And then I like to dunk bread in it. Cause I really like to like carb load. So I want to ask you this question. This is, this one is completely off topic. I mean, like we're jumping all the way out of here. Okay. And this comes at the behest of my best friends. So my very best friends all live within two miles of my house awesome. and we are long, long, long time, long besties. One of us has a golf cart and this is what we do. This is what we do in our little s- suburb of Austin. Is we get on the golf cart and we just go around, and we oh, blare. Our music. We blare our girl music. Blair, you are a staple, a st- absolute standard, in our girl playlist for the golf cart, and so we are really invested in the possibility of you writing a new verse for for the girls, because when you wrote it, you know, the top age, this is for all you girls, about 42, 42. Like, look, we're all old now. (laughs) We, we need so
2: long ago. (laughs) We need a 54. We need a 51. That's so funny. You say that because I have thought that so many times. And every time when I'm singing it on stage, I'm like, should I just change this to 52?
0: <laughs> totally. Totally. We're like, what would Martina say about this is for all you girls about 51.
2: Like that's where we're, we're, we're all
0: kind of camped around that space right now. Yeah, I know. So what, what are you going to tell them? Look at me. I just spring in on you. What, what are we going to tell the girls about 51?
2: It's just beginning. Oh, you know, I good. think I've realized I mean, when you're like 30, you know, you hear people in their 50s say this and you're like, okay, whatever. I don't get it. But like, you really do just kind of start going, this is it. Like I feel comfortable and I I don't have to worry about pleasing everybody anymore, even though I still kind of do sometimes. But I don't know. I just feel like it's, I feel so much more, it's just a whole new space. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I've had, I've had an amazing career that I'm super grateful for. You know, you go through this thing when you're in the position where maybe you're not on the radio all the time and somebody else is on the radio now and you can watch their career grow. And for a second, it's like, what? How am I gonna what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Luckily I found cooking, but but then you get to that point where you're like, Okay, I'm I've entered a new era. Career-wise, personally, whatever. My kids are growing up and leaving. Sometimes it's just John and I at the dinner table now, which is weird, but it's like you kind of grow into it and there's an acceptance that happens and a wisdom and some, and, you know, having a lot of experience behind you. And it's interesting. I, I told John, I'm like, if I go to an award show now, this is kind of getting personal, but, and I walk in the room, a dressing room, there's a different feel to how people react to me now than there was when I was like in the thick of it. Right. And, and it takes a minute to get used to it. You're like... How
0: so? How's it different? Well, it's
2: like, you know, they look up to you in a way, which is awesome. But it takes a minute because you're like, well, I still want to be in that group. So it took me, I don't think maybe as long as most, but it's, it's an adjustment. It's like you're, you have to sometimes move through realizing that there's I'm in a new space now. And it's super freeing, by the way, I must say. Because you do have, you know, I don't have a schedule where I have to make music on a schedule. I don't have to make music to try to have another hit on the radio. I really can just kind of, and I've taken a couple of, I've taken a step back and really taken my time. Like I'm not rushing in to make music because I wanna wait and be inspired. And I wanna also maybe do something a little different that's not, maybe not as commercial.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yes. Write it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> give it to us. Like, I love to hear your creative engine spinning around what is possible for you to do. You've done it all. So now what's the risk? There is right. none.
2: Yeah. And that's a, that's a very freeing thing when you, when you, when there's no risk, you know, it's like, yes, I have nothing to lose. You've
0: accomplished everything. You've done it. You've hit every mark. You've had every mark that every young dreamer who wants to have a career in music dreams of, and what a wonderful place to sit. Mm -hmm. Like you reached for the stars, you grabbed every one of them, and now you can do what you want. I love that with all my heart. I'm moving toward that too. I'm 46, but also realizing it was a hustle and grind, you know? up until this point, And now it's this wonderful, like, what could I do? What do I want to do? Right. Right. What do I love? Yeah. Like, what do I love? You know, when we're 30, we're not necessarily doing everything we love the most because we're grinding. We're just grinding that we're building.
2: Yeah. And it's a, it's a great place to be on the other side of that in a way and go, I did that. I did that. And I'm so proud and happy and grateful and blessed. And now I'm doing, I'm going to do something in a different way.
0: Do you? I can only imagine just the music industry circle around you like sharks constantly wanting more from you.
2: I think they they do. I mean, I think, you know, I've got managers that probably are like, when are you making music? Like, but they also, you know, I think it's super important to, well, it's interesting because I think it's, in, on one hand, it's super important to surround yourself with people who just respect your space and your creative process. But I'm also one, a person that needs a push. I'm like, if I have a deadline and a schedule and somebody going, where is the music? Where is the music? We're we're releasing this on April 3rd and you have five songs left to record. What's happening? Then I'm like, okay, I can get in and get this done. Left to my own devices. I'm I'm probably just hanging out in my garden and my kitchen and singing along to my Linda Ronstadt records or whatever. (laughs) I love
0: to hear that. I'm real self-motivated in general, but it's a well-known fact amongst my people that I often need a nudge. So I know when my assistant texts me, I'm in trouble. Something (laughs) is waiting. I have neglected my inbox. So yes, I, I also, I love that nudge too. So when you're looking like, the last time you and I talked, we discussed sort of the state of the union for women in country music and how big of a slice of a pie they have of the industry, which is not big. What's the slice of the pie on radio play? Not great, and so I love how you are paying attention to this next generation of country women musicians. Who who are you watching right now? Who do you think is special? Who's who's got some really interesting talent that you find innovative, or you're like this is one to watch? Might have a career like yours with this le- this level of longevity.
2: Yeah, Lauren Elena. I think is an amazing singer and I, and I've spent some time with Lauren and she's very smart and she's very driven and funny. And, you know, I just, I love her. So I'm really interested in, and, in, you know, watching her career and seeing where it goes. Let me think.
0: Yeah. She's a good one.
2: Yeah. She's, she's a, good a really
0: good one. She came up through American Idol, right? Didn't I? Yeah, I think her? so.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if I ever, I'm sure I haven't ever told you this, but. I'm a longtime American Idol fan, like from season one. I am a, I'm an OG, OG. I'm a never miss. I, something about watching those kids like spread their little wings and go for it is so moving to me. But I'll tell you, having seen now, however many seasons, a hundred, like a billion seasons of today to this day, my very favorite like celebrity performance on the show was yours. I loved it. It was yours. And I'll tell you, like, I've watched it now on replay on YouTube so many times because, you know, they bring in a lot of guest musicians, of course. And sometimes it's just bananas. It's smoke and it's fire and it's dancers, which is fine. There's a place for like that level of performance and entertainment. But you just walked out with your little skinny self right on stage with your hot pants. And it was just you and a microphone. That was a cute outfit. It was the was cutest. cutest. <laughs> it I was so hope cute. you saved it, it was so cute. I did. I and love it. you you did, you know, sing it anyway. And you sang right to those kids who are out there just like, you know, on a wing and a prayer. It was precious. I cried. Anyway, I wanted you to know that I loved your choice that you made on that show. Like, I'm just gonna sing, just into my microphone, straight to these kids. That a lot of like fuss and mess. You know it's funny that
2: you say that because you know, when we would do the, like the CMA Awards, the ACM Awards or any kind of show like that, I would see these people have these big production numbers. And I would go to my manager and I'm like, how can I get a production number? Like, why don't I ever have a production number? I always They always say, okay, here's your song. You're going to walk out here, sing the song, and we're done. And I'm like, well, <laughs> where are my dancers? Where's my yeah, smoke? Where's my choir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's funny that you say that. No,
0: because... You don't require a single trick. You've got your voice and it is, there's not an equal to it really, Martine. there isn't. You're you you're one of a kind and those of us who've loved you and been your fan for so long, can, we just hear it and we're instantly back in all the places that you sung us through young adulthood and through parenting and through growing up and our careers and you don't need to add a single thing to it. No, thank you. You, You're still just absolutely at the very tip top. Okay, this is it. We're going to wrap it up. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick, these are just off the top of your head questions I'm asking everybody in the food series. We've had some really amazing food girls in this series. A lot of your colleagues over on the networks and in the cookbook aisles. So here's the first one admittedly a hard question to answer, but if you had to only, and you you had to eat one dish for the rest of your life, what do you pick? And maybe also who makes it best?
2: Oh my gosh, that is so
0: hard. Brutal. It's really whatever mood you're in today is how Uh, you, you know, that's,
2: that's, that's Uh it. Like sometimes I'm in the mood Uh to eat a big salad. Sometimes I'm in the mood to eat, uh, like I said, a cheeseburger or pizza, but probably Italian food would be the, the cuisine that I would choose because it's so fresh and there's so much, so much different types. There's a pizza place in Chicago that I love called Peace, P-I-E-C-E. And they just make the best New Haven style pizza. So that would be good to get that shipped into my house every every day.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I have to answer this question, it uh, for me also changes, but I regularly say pizza. Just love pizza. I mean, I
2: it's good. It. It's bread. It's cheese. There's other stuff on there. You can make it spicy. You can make it simple. You can make it...
0: Yeah. It's good. You made a good case for it. So who doesn't love it? It's It's just delicious every time. Okay. Here's the next one. So just saying that you don't have like takeout or a restaurant as an option, you're home. you got to be home. Everybody needs to eat dinner. Everybody has to eat something, but you're over it. You've had a long day. You're just not doing it. You're not going to chop an onion. You're not doing what's your go-to. This is what we're eating. Tacos.
2: Oh yeah. Simple ground beef tacos with the hard shells in front of the box. You know, stick them in the oven, stick them in the oven and ground some ground beef chop. You know, I do have to chop a little bit of tomatoes, grate some cheese and you're done. And everybody loves it
0: every single time. The disproportionate reaction to tacos, which takes 15 minutes. Yeah. is just not fair. I'm like, you know, I'll be in there for an hour and a half for these jokers. And they're like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Here's the last question. You answered this the first time you were on the show and now you get it. Whatever you want to say this year. It's Barbara Brown Taylor's question, and she says, what's saving your
2: life right now? A couple of things. Can I say more than one thing? Sure can. Okay. Part of it is distancing myself from the news and social media and stopping the doom scrolling and getting all worked up about everything.
0: scrolling. That's saving my life.
2: (laughs) And just the hope for the future, like sort of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel that we will be able to to Gather again and to, to tour again and to perform on stage again and to connect with people again, and yeah, so it 's a little bit of withdrawing from all the social media and a little bit of hope for the future
0: oh isn't it going to be so great? Are you going to go on the road again? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I hope so uh-huh yeah it 's time. We will flock. I just think concerts live events we're starving for them I mean we 're just Absolutely starving for concerts and gatherings and this collective community feeling around a song or a talk or an idea. I just cannot wait. You know, I used to fuss because i I travel and speak for a living, and I want to go
2: back and just smash my head for fussing about traveling. Oh, I know <laughs> like but you I'll know never what? say another word. that's part of the I mean, if you can find a gift in all of this, you know, I feel like it is. We appreciate those kind of things. So much more. Like I said, you know, there's part of me that's going to miss parts of it, you know, the slowing down. I know that I'm lucky. Like there are people that are working, have been working every day and on the front lines. And so, like, I'm coming from a very, I guess, privileged point of view. But like when I had everybody here in the house and we, when we were kind of like savoring this experience of not being on the go all the time. You know, that was, there's a gift in that, that little light bulb, you know, is something that I take that as a little gift. It's like, I might've been too busy to really internalize that before. What a great
0: thing to say. Yeah. The appreciation we've had for our frontline workers, our teachers, even each other. Like I will, I'll just full body hug everybody who sees me for probably six months, Jess, I mean, full body contact. I am so happy to hear that you're going to come back on the road. Come to Austin.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I um, love we, Austin. I love Austin. You're so lucky greatest? that you
0: get to live there. I know. I know. I've lived here for 20 years and I'm still in love, just in love. So come to Austin. Me and my friends, of course, will all come. We'll write you a new verse. Can I write on the golf the cart? Girls. You a hundred percent can ride on the golf cart. Okay. Yeah. We ride with cocktails. I was going to so say, it's, it's just, just the yeah. whole situation. Yeah. yeah. I want to be um, part of that. And, okay. Yeah. You're going to enjoy our girl playlist. We've really dialed it in tight. And so I'll send you your new verse for the 51 year olds. And then, and then 10 years from now, we'll write one for six. Yeah. We'll just keep going. Yeah. We're we'll just keep yeah, going to keep going. I'm just delighted to talk to you again. So happy to see you. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for just being who you are. I love you in the world. I just love you in the world. It's, <laughs> this is the year where I'm like, where is the joy coming from? Like, where is the love coming from? Where is the delight
2: coming from? And you're just one of those people. You just churn it out. So we happy. get lots of joy. Lots of joy from you too, Jens. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Okay. Until you come to Austin. We'll see you then. I'll We'll bring the golf cart. All right. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay,
0: so just in case you didn't know this, I'm particularly interested in For the Girls because I patterned my introduction to For the Love after this one's for the girls. And so if you don't know it, this is for all you girls about 23, you know, that's what I did. And so now it's going to be exciting to watch us add verses and verses the older we get. You guys, she is so fantastic. If you're not following Martina already on on Instagram, get over there and follow her. It's delightful. A lot of pics from her just house And her kitchen and her people and her dishes and her table. You'll love it. It's just all joy all the time. And so thanks for tuning into the food series and these incredible food ladies that we are getting to laugh with and learn from and listen to. I just love it, love it, love it, love it. So on behalf of my entire podcast team, we love you, love making the show for you and appreciate all your reviews and all your ratings and all your subscriptions. You're just the greatest. Okay, you guys see you next week.